Hello everyone, this is Nancy Zinsmaster, and once again I'm back with Carolyn Resnick. Hi Carolyn. Hi Nancy. So today we're talking about my, one of my favorite subjects, liberty dancing. So yes. liberty dancing in uh, the Waterhole Ritual program um, is the result of the exercise, go trot and come up. So I was wondering if you could um, speak a little bit to our students about um, the transition from companion walking, and we talked a little bit with them in the last podcast about the different phases of companion walking and how to learn to connect and keep the horse through a draw and a push. Could you explain to them the next step and how sure. they get into liberty dancing from companion walking? Absolutely. Okay. With, with liberty dancing, it's a, it's a play that you share with your horse where your horse is uh, responding with you uh, through his choosing to behave a certain way to be able to play. It's like a dog and a, and a person playing in a field together. We don't, each one of the, each one of the, um, the dog and the and the human are trying to keep each other activated to keep the dance alive, right? Right. So, so you know how to you know match your dog to want to keep playing with you, and vice versa. So it's a it's a it's a it's a big sharing, liberty dancing. But now, when when you know, or when you know it is a good time to start interacting with your horse in a liberty dance is that you know that your magnetic connection is his biggest interest. Yes. Because he's then really focused on this send and draw. And if you send your horse and you don't have a magnetic connection, his desire to draw back to you really isn't there. Right, exactly. So when you send him out, he knows he's being sent, and he's now excited about running around in his environment looking for the time that you're going to call him back. And yep. it, it becomes a play between you and the horse. Yes, absolutely. So Carolyn, I, I was thinking that, you know, we just discussed in the last podcast about the five heartfelt strings of connection and the, the magnetic connection that comes from that. And this liberty dancing is such a, a really important part of that. Of course, it's the last ritual, and that one is built on all those previous rituals. And would you say that, um, that this entire uh, process of the send and the draw, it goes back to the horse's natural instincts? What, what we're doing in, in everything that we're doing with the horse, practicing the waterhole rituals, is we're focused on, on one element that's very important. And that is, we talk about the tendency of a horse, that, that, that their instincts, their in instincts is to follow anything that's leaving and to move away from anything coming toward them. That, that, is, uh, that is something that, that is their tendency, but it doesn't mean they're going to do it. So working the waterhole rituals basically is just working with the horse to make that um, that tendency more dependable, Correct. so that we can In count other words, on it. Yes, so that so that it becomes that we practice it with the horse so much that it that he wouldn't think about anything but following that 
herding instinct. And when we bring that out in the horse more to go away and to follow, yes. the more that horse gets to practice that, the more that he likes you. Because when a horse follows that, that first instinct to follow its mother and stick with its mother, that that is its deepest bond that that yes. that horse has. So if we if if we work with those tendencies and we bring them out, the horse does can't see us as a predator. He only sees us as a family member. And when a horse sees you as a family member, you're in like Flynn. But if we take a horse and we teach him to be, uh, let's say, in our community and our and, and be a family member to us, then it's not the same thing. He's still looking for his herd. But if you can get that horse to see you as on his terms, yes, then you open a brand new door. And then working with those tendencies, and it sure. all just becomes a natural movement, mm-hmm. just as it is in there. And yeah. we do that with every ritual. We mm-hmm. work with the tendency mm-hmm. of the horse always. That's your whole philosophy. Um, so can you explain, you know, there's so many students that are so afraid to, to send a horse away because they're worried that they are gonna lose and break that connection. And you know, because the horse is connected to you, there is a way to several things. Well, break the connection. Well, what happens is people forget how many exercises they did in the water rituals that all has to do with sending away. Yeah. Like the first ritual we did, introducing the reed. In other words, you have a fence between you and the horse. The horse wants to be up next to the fence because you've got treats. And so he doesn't want to go away if you send him, but he learns in that exercise very quickly that when he goes away from the fence, you will throw a carrot out toward him. So he gets lots of practice in the scent. And then after that, there's just more exercises where the scent is there. It's it's there in in, uh, leading from behind, uh, it's there in introducing food. Uh, it's there in um, in eye contact if the horse is not focused on you. So it's there in the carrot game where you use yeah, two people. That and that's so true. And but I'm I'm I guess my question was more like when they send the horse away so that they do it properly. You know, first of all, obviously, if we're not connected to the horse, the horse is not going to come back to us. Sure. So there's the number one thing we have to make sure yeah. that we have. But what about how they send the horse away? Well, I think that I think that it it has to have a great sense of play. In other words, you would send the horse away when the horse is really, really, very optimistic, and that you're very optimistic. Yes. And that you can actually see that you're both wanting to interact with each other in a fun way. And then the next thing is that to send away a horse to go dance, there is a lot of steps in how to do that. Yes. It isn't it, it, it isn't one thing you you don't want to do because people see with my horses if I ask them to go trot in an instant they talk yes. take off in a flight. So everyone thinks that to get that real fast speed that they that I have on my horses is done from moving fast. And mm-hmm. it's not. Mm-hmm. It's about the horse understanding the game begins. Yes. And so, being excited about yes. the game. And so that when you, you don't ever want to surprise a horse, because if you surprise a horse on a sand, he, he will, when he comes back and you uh, invite him to companion walking, 
he'll be worried because you put him on a sand when he didn't expect it and it surprised him. And so now he's jumping away from you. So when you send, you want to, you, it's a long, it's a long stage. So this is what it looks like. I know that I have a lot of glue on my horse. And then I ask my horse to stand independent from me. And in the beginning, I want to be able to leave him there, back up, and then he would just stay standing. Or for that matter, that I could just walk around him and he could just wait there. So we started with the glue. Now we got independent. Then I'm going to ask him, when I'm standing in front of him, I'm going to ask him to turn around in leading from behind. And I'm going to ask him to turn around and then he is going to step into leading from behind because he recognizes that right. that's leading from behind. Once the leading from behind is on the horse, then you can ask for a faster walk or trot or canter because he's now leaving you and he's not surprised by what you ask him to do next. Absolutely. And the other thing that can happen, because it happened to me, actually, it took me a, a while to reverse it when I was first learning, is when I was practicing go trot, I practiced it a little more than I companion walked. And then it became, an, the horse anticipated every time I got in front of him that I was going to send him off and he would start to go. So I would start doing the opposite. I would just start bringing him to me and companion walking, standing in front of him, bringing him to me and companion walking to try to break that, that yes. cycle, you know. Yes, what happens to a horse is, is if you do a lot of send and draw and using the whole arena to play in, the horse will get so that he prefers that than companion walking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if all of your focus is on companion walking, he won't want to play the game send and draw. So when we when we go play with our horse, we've got to balance up. If we see the horse is getting too much into wanting to, to play long distance and run back and that kind of thing, then we say, oh, I gotta do companion walking. Or if the horse says, no, I just wanna do companion walking. We've gotta watch before it gets to be too much that way. So you when, when you're working with your horse, you wanna balance that out. And we're balancing it out because we know that this is spontaneous interactions. It isn't that we've trained the horse to do X right. and Y. Right. We are keeping the focus of the horse onto what it is that is going to be spontaneous. Exactly. And now when, the, when somebody sends their horse away and their horse is coming up, you know, a little bit and not too fast and kind of anticipating not wanting to come back up, you know, the opposite can happen as well, where the horse is coming with a lot of energy toward us. And um, I want to mention about our Liberty Sticks, one of the main reasons that we use our Liberty Stick just to keep ourselves safe so that we have a tool that we can make ourselves a little bit larger so that when you call a horse up with that much energy, you're in a safe position. Yes, what you want to do in the beginning, if he starts coming up really fast, uh, instead of uh, trying to work with that in energy, you would just send him back out again rather than having him come right. up too close to you. You would just send him out. And when the energy becomes more appropriate for come up for where he is in his understanding of liberty dancing or that you can trust him maybe not to make a mistake and accidentally get too close to you. Um, uh, and as, as far as the you, what you mentioned earlier, is about 
when the horse comes up, maybe he doesn't come up fast enough, one of the ways to fix that very simply is to bring him up to you and let's say he breaks down into walk where you wanted him to come in and trot. What you want to do is companion walk him from walk to trot and then trot him to where the treats are on the, on the other, other end of the arena and give him a treat. So that way when he comes up, he knows that what you're going to ask him to do is to come up and continue trotting with you. Yes. Because they can, as they're coming up, they can lose energy, as you say. Yeah. Or they can gather up too much energy. Yeah, depending on the horse. I mean, I've yeah. had both scenarios. And um, they at first, I think, when they first start, sometimes I find that they're trotting right on up. And then all of a sudden, they realize, like, you know, at the very beginning, oh, look what I've done. And they just get so excited, you know, and then taking them back toward the treats. The next time, they do pick up their speed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, this is what a really good podcast, Carolyn, and I know that there's going to be a lot more for us to talk about with Liberty Dancing with our students. And um, But since this is the last ritual of the Waterhole Rituals, I can't wait to see where the students go from here with their horses. Yes, and also they might want to take a look at Naked Liberty because there's a beautiful Liberty dance that I did with that stallion the first time that... Uh, that I met him in a field when he was away from the herd and he was out playing in the field and I wasn't involved with his play. He was just running around having a great time. And that story really shows what happened in my connection with him that I'd never had before. So it might be a good thing to to read and it might spur you to get into into the play mode. Well, I think anyone who's taking this course needs to read Naked Liberty before they even begin the course. It should be a prerequisite because it's just a wealth of information. Yeah, but they can review that. Yes, absolutely. That, that will help. Yes. Well, thank you, Carolyn, so much for talking about this with us today. And I'm sure that we are going to be doing more podcasts on other subjects in the near future. Yes, it was a pleasure. All right. Talk to you later. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.